I don't believe what I just saw. Do you believe in miracles? Holy Toledo. The Jets went into Cleveland and pulled off one of the more improbable comeback wins you will ever see. Down by 13 with under 90 seconds to go. The Jets scored two touchdowns with a recovered onside kick in between to beat the Browns 31-30 in an absolutely bananas finish. The Jets are now one and one and have won their first game in September in four years. Kaz and I have tons of reaction and we'll hear from Coach Sala and the Jets after the magical win. Keep the receipts, baby. It's a Jets postgame victory edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. This episode of Gangs All Here is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Onside kick, he goes near side of the field. Who's got it? It's still loose. I think the Jets. Jets. Now they say Jets football. Flacco over the middle, it's caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson sets pass, intercepted. It's picked off. Ashton Davis. And jubilation for the Jets. Unbelievable. The Jets overcoming a 13 point deficit in the final minute, 55 seconds. Welcome to the first victory edition of the Gangs All Here podcast, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Those highlights you just heard, courtesy of CBS Spiraditas on the call. Jake Brown here with Brian Costello. Kaz coming from Cleveland, and we'll go guest free because we got a lot to react to after one of the more improbable wins, Kaz. We could say in Jets history. Would that be a stretch? I think that was one of the more improbable wins. Your story was written. 13-point game, 90 seconds to go. The Jets looked dead in the water, and maybe a backdoor cover was the only thing that they'd be covering. Instead, they recover an onside kick. Braden Mann goes from uh, woat to goat after a 20-yard punt last week. At one point, he had more yards than Joe Flacco, thanks to a little Jake Brown special, a little fake punt trickery, and he gets the first. He gets the onside kick. Guy not on the team last week, Will Parks on the practice squad, recovers. And then Joe Flacco and Garrett Wilson make the magic happen. I mean, I'm almost speechless, cause This doesn't happen. You've been covering the Jets for a dozen years. Things like this never happen. You tweeted that. Give me your thoughts on this wild comeback. Yeah, no. I mean, you're not. It's not hyperbole to call it one of the most improbable, craziest wins in the franchise history. They've never ever come back from 13 points down with two under two minutes left before. So, and that hasn't happened. In the NFL, I think it was since 2000 or 2001, one of them, you know, so it's it's crazy. And, you know, I look, Jake, the uh, ESPN has that probability, win probability thing. If you watch GameCast, it was 99.9%, 99.9% after Tyler Conklin had the incompletion before the Corey Davis touchdown. So that's pretty crazy. 
So yeah, it was uh, it was nuts. I mean, the Browns opened the door for them. I I still can't quite figure out what Nick Chubb was thinking there or why Kevin Stefanski didn't tell him to fall down. The game was over. Nick Chubb falls down at the one yard line. Game is over. They just all they have to do is take a knee. You know, obviously they went up thirteen points. No one was thinking the Jets were going to come back, but that's why you do stuff like that. That's why you practice things like that. So just maybe the only team that could do that to the Jets is the the Browns who could come up with a way to lose. But look, the Jets have had some brutal losses in in Cleveland before, right? The Gastineau game in 86, a few years ago, 2018, when Baker Mayfield came off the bench. Um, You know, there's been some rough losses here. So the Jets get one. We're keeping the receipts. Cause we're keeping them. That quote, we we ripped him a little bit. He backed. I didn't rip him. I didn't rip. No, I did. I ripped him a little bit. A lot of Jets fans ripped him. It might have been the motivation they needed. And how about the timing of minutes after you play to win the game? Herman Edwards gets fired. I don't think his motivation, Jake. They were they they didn't play all that well. <laughs> they, I I think they had. I do think they have his back, and I think they played for sixty minutes. I think that says something. But it wasn't like they came out inspired in this game. Um, they, they were in know, the game though. It wasn't like a yeah, laugh or like last week. No, the offense played better, but the defense was was really bad. They really couldn't stop the run. Jacoby Brissett you know, until the interception at the end of the game was really good against them. They still haven't played a complete game as a team. I thought the week one, I thought the defense played pretty well and the offense stunk this week. I thought the offense played pretty well and the defense wasn't as good. So, you know, they, they still have yet to put together that complete game yet. I do think they have his back. I do think they, they, they liked the receipt talk, but I'm not sure that it really inspired anything today. Cause with all the ineptitude I've seen from this franchise as a fan, a win is a win is a win is a win. And while it wasn't the prettiest win, you take it. I was screaming off my couch when that happened. I mean, that was just the fact they recovered the onside kick. Braden man kind of fooled us all on that one. Take us through that because he put the ball on the side, which we don't always see on onside kicks. And it looked like he was originally going to the right, but he went to the left. It seemed to fool the Browns special teams. Take us through the onside kick. Really. Yeah, well, you have to do that now, Jake, because you can't, you know, most teams don't do the old hopper anymore because uh, you can't load up one side. Remember, the old days you used to be able to load up one side and kick it that way, and you wanted to bounce and guys to get it. So since the rule change, you see this is a lot. It's just you put it on the ground flat, and you just kick the end so it spins, and it spins 10 yards. Yeah, I, I don't know if the fake right left did anything. Really, the play was Will Parks. I mean, Will Parks blew Amari Cooper up. And he, you know, they said after the game, Justin Hardy said Parks came to him, go on the field, said, I'm going to take out Amari Cooper, you know, go get the ball. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, got to give Parks a lot of credit and Hardy. Hardy, who's a guy who his only job is special teams, right? Like he doesn't play defense. So he's an interesting guy. You don't have many guys like that in the roster usually. Um, and he, but he, he lived up to it today. <laughs> he showed his value. So that, that was huge. I mean, onside kicks are so rare these days. Uh, pretty incredible. The Jets recovered that. And cause just the whole sequence of, I mean, listen, Garrett Wilson, the social media talk is Garrett Wilson is him. I still don't really, someone's got to inform me where this whole is. This guy is him thing comes from. Um, I don't know if our intern Josh knows it, it's some kind of trash. I should know this considering I'm a millennial or whatever, but everyone is him. Garrett Wilson is him. I thought when he had that lower back injury cause he was done for the day and maybe a few weeks, he was wrist writhing in pain. He looked bad and looked like he was coming out. He comes back in, catches the second touchdown, eight for one Oh two and two touchdowns. You know, we talked about, you know, last week he didn't get a ton of touches, but he did show when he has the ball, he could be explosive for him to come back from that injury and do what he did. 
Garrett Wilson is going to be something special for a while with this team. Yeah, I thought the bigger one, Jake, to me was he drops the third and four at midfield. When he dropped that pass, I was like, I thought it was it. over. It's over. I think everyone thought the game's over here. Jets probably aren't going to get the ball back. Cleveland's going to drive down. You know, he gets and he said he was on the sideline thinking I lost the game. You know, I lost the game for the team, hoping for another chance. The defense had a stand there. Jets got the ball back at the eight, couldn't do anything with it. And then the Chubb touchdown. So, you know, Wilson getting that that last play, I think, was huge for him after the third down drop. And the first touchdown, Jake, was filthy. I mean, the the move at the line of scrimmage was just it's been a while since I'd seen a Jets receiver that could that could put a move on a DB like that. And uh, yeah, we saw this kid. You could see it in training camp. I thought he was swimming at times, learning the offense. And I thought that might have played into a little bit last week, the playing time. But clearly the Jets said they realized the error they made in week one and said, you got to get this guy on the field. Even if he makes mistakes, he's too good when he has the ball in his hands. And he's, he's going to be a playmaker for them. Could be for a very long time, Jake. That first step, he is explosive with that yeah. first step. It's uh, unbelievable. Let's play Josh Garrett Wilson. After the game, he talked about that drop. I went crazy. I'm sure there'll be a TV that I went absolutely crazy on the sideline. I didn't want my job to be the reason why we lost the game. So good for Garrett Wilson. The locker room was punk. You you could hear it right from outside. You heard the celebration going on in there. Yeah, we were in a we're in a room that's adjacent to the locker room, waiting for Salah's press conference. So there's a door that connects the press conference room to the locker room. So I was kind of leaning up against the door, and they were just exploding. And then I think the Jets have tweeted the videos of what what I you know I think it was when he announced they were off tomorrow. They got victory Monday that they, they really exploded. But yeah, it was a uh, very exuberant locker room, Jake. And one, I haven't seen, I haven't seen a locker room quite that happy in a while. You know, they're always happy after wins, but this one was a little extra special uh, just because of the improbable nature of the win. CJ Mosley after the game, he described the locker room and he used a word I haven't heard since Lil John uh, said it about 10 or 15 years ago. Let's hear CJ Mosley after the game. Uh, and the old school time, it was crunk. <laughs> uh, crunk. C-R-U-N-K. <laughs> no, man, it was, it, was, it was amazing, man. It was a great feeling. And, um, like I said, man, losing can be contagious, but so can win it. So, you know, hopefully after this win, everybody feeling, feeling this feeling the way we won. Um, being the way we've been, you know, being at a great ALC team place. Um, and hopefully we can just keep it going because we got another another big game next week. Kaz, were you the one that said, what is that? Have you heard the word crunk before? I've heard the word crunk before. Yes, Jake. <laughs> I was not around, CJ. I missed that. That was a nice little quote there. They, you know, this I, did is... say, I did see some people in my walk back to the hotel, Jake, who were crunk. They were crunk. They were <laughs> Jets was... fans were crunk? Uh, they were, there was, I think they were Browns fans, actually. You may be drowning their sorrows after the game. There was a... <laughs> A few guys I saw that I desperately tried to avoid uh, making eye contact with because I think they probably would have uh, wanted to start a fight. You know, they were a little shaky. Was there a good contingency of Jets fans? I saw some. I don't know how crowded it was. I didn't see many. I mean, this remember, this is the Browns home opener. Uh, I imagine they sold a lot of tickets before they knew Deshaun Watson's fate. <laughs> so it was pretty it was I didn't see a lot of Jets fans. I did see a Gastineau jersey in the parking lot, which I thought this is probably the worst place to wear a Gastineau jersey. Yeah, I didn't see a ton, Jake, but you know there was a few scattered about. And I think, 
I know Garrett Wilson had 20 something people there for him. Uh, so, cause this was su- sort of a pseudo home game for him. He grew up in Columbus early in his life before he moved to Texas and then went to Ohio state, obviously. Talk about showing out in your home state and where you went to school, where he developed such a big fan base in Ohio. He did just that. And even during the game, all of us ripping Joe Flacco, you got to give him credit. He made throws when it mattered cause the Mike white chance came fast and furious in week one. He had a couple of bad throws. Again, the offensive line wasn't incredible, but down the stretch Joe Flacco made the plays when he did and he ran for a first down for once I mean time was moving slow it felt like when he scrambled for that first down but there's there's no argument here Joe Flacco is very much your week three starter when the Jets play the Bengals uh, and there's no more Mike White chance until Zach Wilson comes back I figured we're gonna go now from the Mike White chance to the Oh, Flacco has to stay the starter when Wilson's healthy. I don't care. I don't care. If I'm they not win there ne- yet. I'm not they there win yet. next week. Are we going to be there, Jake? Are we going to be? Maybe I have to stay with Flacco. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think we're going to get there. I, I don't think so. He I did just, a good job. He did a good job today. And like, I mean, four I think, touchdown passes. I mean, no, no picks besides the fumble where I thought he's got to be more aware there. Uh, that two ah, defensive ends coming at him. On, that, I can't kill him on that. They freaking Clowney beat Max Max on that play and got to him. Can't kill him on that one. But he, uh, I thought too, Jake, the, when they get the ball back after the onsides kick, like, I don't know if a younger quarterback is as cool as he was there. He took what the defense gave him, which we always hear, but it was all these little, these short throws. Like the Browns decided to play prevent defense. They gave him all these little, these short ones and he took them and they just marched right down the field. So I, I thought he was, he was, you could see his experience at times in this game. And there was times where the Browns blitz where he made perfect reads you know, he's he's not flashy, Jake. He's not going to make those splash plays like Zach makes, but he's just steady. And the key to me is that what the offensive line did in this game. You know, Miles Garrett had the one where they didn't block him, and Clowney got to him on the one you mentioned. Outside of that, he barely got touched. I think it was I night and day from last week. I think he had four. I think he got hit four times. And this defense has you know, Miles Garrett might be the best pass rusher in football, and Clowney's pretty good. Clowney left the game with an ankle injury, but they, I thought the offensive line did a fantastic job, and it, and that's the key with Flacco. I think I've talked about it on here before. Flacco with time is a different guy than Flacco under pressure. If, he, if he's under pressure, it doesn't work, and he was under pressure in week one. But when you give him time to throw, he, he can still do it. And listen, what was it? The Conklin fumble. Was it Max Mitchell who fell on the ball, right? And like he had a much better game and, you know, didn't look like a rookie out there. And that's huge going up against another good defense in Cincinnati who who's going to come in with a fire cause next week. And we'll preview that game on Thursday, but this is an 0-2 Bengals team. So this game next week, and we'll talk about Thursday again, but that's going to be a big one against a team that's fighting for a win, period. This is a defending AFC champion, and they're winless right now. They just lost to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. So the offensive line's got another test next week, but they passed the test this week. Yeah, no, and the Bengals, you know, will be fired up. They they remember last year, and like you said, 0-2. I'm sure they're going to come in and give the Jets their best shot. But, yeah, I thought, you know, the best thing you could say about Max Martin is you're not really noticing him out there. Mitchell, 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 Max, Max, Max Mitchell. Sorry, Mitchell. He's not. You're not noticing him. Uh, he had the one play with Clowney where where he got beat, but he's been just a, like you haven't been like, oh my god. It's not like the Wayne Hunter days where okay. you know you just you, he's getting drubbed. So I actually saw Dwayne Brown after the game today in the locker room. So I, he's still around the team. I don't know, you know, where he's at. 
uh, in terms of coming back because he could be eligible in a few weeks. But I think uh, I think the rookie's done a nice job. And they didn't do a lot of run blocking. But like you said, they gave Flacco time. I mean, this was a different team on the ground today. They did nothing, cause uh, 45 yards on the ground. So this was the Joe Flacco game. 31-30 Jets beat the Browns and where does this rank cost to you in, in greatest jets wins since you've covered the team? Is this like right towards the top? Yeah. Now I'm going like from 2011. If I start there, I, I covered the team for a while in 2008 when um, I filled in on the beat and I covered the Thursday night win in new England, which that kind of always was to me in regular season way win was just huge. And, and the Tennessee, the week later was a big one too, undefeated Tennessee team. But if you're just going from 2011, Jake, I was trying to think the overtime win against new England in 2015, that felt huge. Right. And then it kind of, it kind of dropped off because of what happened the next week. Cause it felt like with that win, oh, they're going to the playoffs, but this is, you know, right up there. Uh, it's, it's, if it's, it's right at the top of the list because, of just how crazy it was. Like I tweeted after the game, the jets just don't win games like this. Like it's, it, I've seen them lose games like this, you know, maybe not quite as dramatic. Tennessee comes to mind in bowls last year when they lost uh, in Tennessee, they blew a big lead, but this is, this was just remarkable uh, to see the jets pull this out. And I think Jake, even when they get the ball, the Browns get the ball with 22 seconds left and Brissett runs for 20 yards on first down. You're like, Oh boy. Cause that kicker made a 58 yarder last week. Right. So you're like, is there a way they can get to the 40 here and give him a shot? And then Ashton Davis, of all people, Jake, that was his only snap in the game. And defense, defense, defensively. He played I was a lot wondering of why he was out there, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a passing situation, so they probably loaded the field. I haven't looked at the film, but I'm going to guess that there was probably like, you know, seven DBs on the field at that point. Right. Cause they're not, they're not running the ball. I was like, they're going to get in field goal range. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think probably all the jets fans out there were, were you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop, like even that much, that not much time. Like, here we go. Like he, they're going to, they're going to do this. So uh, it just really just incredible Jake. And yeah. So I, I would have to say this is this, I've, this is right at the top of the list of, of wins that I've covered. One snap Ashton Davis, one interception and Brissett probably could have ran there, got out of bounds, got closer you know, maybe they end up getting uh, maybe a Broncos special 64 yard field goal attempt. If they got close enough, they were getting towards that range. Let's play what Ashton Davis, Josh, let's play what he had to say after the game, because, you know, he spoke very highly about this group. Let's hear it. No quitting us. We're going to, we're going to keep fighting with other, uh, whatever, regardless of the circumstances. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love this team. Ashton Davis. I mean, here's the thing which was good about this win. Everyone played a part. You know, Braden Mann had the fourth down play. He had the onside kick. He wasn't terrible punting. Flacco had his day. Garrett Wilson had his day. Conklin had a few nice catches. You know, he had to do it without Uzama out of uh, was inactive today. So he was out. You know, Corey Davis had a couple of big plays. He showed some life. Michael Carter as a receiver, as a back blocker in the back was good. And even Greg the leg, Greg Azurline cause makes up for his transgressions with a 57 yard kick. So how about Greg the leg with the big field goal and making an extra point? Because listen, this might have never happened if the Browns make the extra point. You know, this might go to overtime and it's same old Jets. They're 0 and 2. So even making an extra point was the big deal this week because he missed one last week. Well, how about the Jets winning on kicking savvy, right? Like that. When's the last time that 
that happened, right? The 57 yarder was incredible. I, 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 that was, you know, crazy too. tied the record, Jake of Chandler Catanzaro, who did that in, in Cleveland in 2000, 2017, which is weird. And then, yeah, the extra point and they missed the extra point and it, the kicking game was great. Uh, special teams was phenomenal. Fake punt was huge on the first drive. Uh, I thought man punted really well today. A couple inside the 20, um, you know, they, they did a nice job there and uh, just, yeah, you're right. And Will Parks, right. You talk about guys at the bottom of the roster, Jake, he's, he's down there. You know, he didn't make the initial roster uh, and it was on the practice squad. And then they signed him this week. Pretty impressive that they have full team win today. It's rare that we could celebrate kicker victories, but the jets finally gave it to us. Uh, this is one of those wins that, you know, if this team does even win seven games, you're going to remember this game. And they needed it because first time since, as we've said, Sam Darnold's first star in Detroit 2018 that this team has won in September. You've wrote about it. We've talked about it on the show. This team has to win a game, at least in September. And this was the one you had. And this was the game you circled. You said, no, Watson, you picked the Jets to win 20 to 10. It didn't come to fruition. I said 2017, which was looking good at one point when it was 17-17. Uh, but you know, that didn't happen, but 31 30, you'll take it. Uh, this is, you know, one of those games you need in September to kind of get this team going and give them some confidence. And, you know, it is the Browns. So I I know you'll say, and I'll say it too. I'll, I'll reiterate. It's the Browns. They're not good, especially with Watson out. These are, this isn't game that the jets were heavily, uh, underdogs in, but it's still a much needed win in September that they badly won. I won't say they're not good, Jake. I think the Browns are good, but they 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 find ways to lose, right? And like even they beat the Panthers, but they blew a big lead against the Panthers last week. You know, they're the Browns. They 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 have a lot of losses like that. It's funny because I was on the phone with an editor and I was going through the run through of what people were writing, and Mike Vaccaro was writing a column that like this is a game the Jets don't usually win. You know, the Jet Jets never win in games like this. And one of the Browns beat writers was with was within earshot. And they said, Yeah, but this is a game that the Browns always lose. <laughs> so, you know, I like, yeah, they're not bad. They're not a bad team. They got a lot of talent. You know, the, those two running backs are incredible. Amari Cooper had a good game. And obviously we talked about Garrett. They got some talent on defense. So this isn't a, a bad team. And Jake, I think the big thing is like what Joe Douglas said, right? Meaningful games in December. That's kind of the benchmark for this team that they want to hit. In order to have meaningful games in December, you've got to win some games like this, you know, in September and October. You've got to steal some games where you're underdogs. And I think, you know, they can get – if they somehow can get four wins, Jake, by the bye, they're in good shape because the schedule lightens up after the bye. And there's there's winnable games down the stretch. But So this was a big one to, to get this one, and now they have to just build off of it. And listen, Coach Sala, the quote this week, we know it. He mentioned about that tackle, and you talked about it. And by the way, that video was awesome of Flacco, you know, hugging Sala and the locker room team rejoicing. Uh, that was a cool video that the Jets posted. But Nick Chubb might have, you know, in some ways he hurt the Jets with the three touchdowns, and he didn't destroy them. He had 87 yards. But, I mean, the trio of him, Hunt, and Brissett ran for, you know, 170-plus yards. So, they dominated the run game, but he ran it in. And also, you know, cause the couple plays leading up to that, they ran out of bounds a few times and that stopped the clock. It wasn't just the touchdown. They had a few that they, they try to stay in bounds maybe, but they ran out of bounds two or three times, stopped the clock, saved the jets who had the timeout er- issue early in the first half 
we were thinking, why before the punt does Salah not use a timeout there? Luckily, they still score. That made no sense. What's funny, Jake, is like with the way the last I said this to somebody in the press box, the way the last two minutes went, nothing mattered in the first 58 minutes anymore. <laughs> right. We were Salah was even asked about that. They did end up scoring there, so it didn't didn't matter. But I thought he should have called the timeout there. But yeah. Nothing that nothing in the first 58 matters are after the last two minutes. It was all about that. It was like an NBA game. Only only the very end of the game matters. So uh, crazy. And, you know, Jake, someone sent this to me, a picture. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed on TV, but Stefanski had his kids around him ready to celebrate the win with a, like a minute and a half left. His kids were on the sideline with him. And not good. How do you even let that happen? Like, uh, yeah, how do the someone, kids get on the field before the end of the game? Well, he's the head coach. He could do it, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah. But don't think that wasn't noticed by some people with the Jets. That, do you yeah, th- so. you think so? You think the Jets noticed that and that lit a fire in them? I don't think. No, no, no. I'm not saying a lit a fire. I don't think they noticed at the time. I think they noticed. I think they were, they were aware of it after the game. I think. Uh, I think. I think people knew. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was because I think there, there was a you could see it on TV. They showed it on TV. So I think people saw it. All right. Zach Taylor, bring your kids to the sidelines next week. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be the theme for the rest of the season. Bring the families on the sideline before the game's over. Let's play Salah, Josh, after the game. Talking about Nick Chubb and that, you know, the best rushing touchdown he'll uh, ever have the Jets give up. Let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, I've never been so happy for this half in my life. <laughs> that, that was our only chance. And uh, so credit uh, to the offense, stepped up, took advantage of a busted coverage on Corey's play and uh, left, us, left us enough time to be able to get the outside wins. Yeah, it was like, what was the Super Bowl where it was when Ahmad Bradshaw scored against the Patriots and they try, he tried to get down and he didn't, right? Yeah, well, and that one, Jake, the Patriots let him score, right? So there's a play, it's usually called freeway is what defenses call it. Rex, Rex did it against... The Jaguars, I want to say, his first year, uh, where you know they basically the, the the seas part, they open up and they let the guy run up the middle for a touchdown. You you know usually you're doing it um, not to go not to go down two touchdowns though, right? So that that part was so I, the Jets did not allow him to score the touchdown. They were trying to tackle him, like you said, DJ Reed missed the tackle. But sometimes that's your only chance is is letting him score. And yeah, the Patriots were trying to let Ahmad Bradshaw score there. And, and Eli, you can see Eli in the background yelling to go down and down. And, and Bradshaw kind of fell into the end zone. There were a couple of plays, Kaz, that you just it was set up for the Jets to lose. Like the 57 yard field goal before that, there was what some people think was a phantom holding call on George Fant. Uh, no one really saw the hold. They called it. It's set up that the Jets weren't going to score there. And Greg the leg makes the big field goal. Leading up to, you know, the Chubb rushing touchdown, I think it was Marcel Harris had a huge 15-yard penalty on the punt that essentially got the ball almost in field goal range there. So there were a couple of huge penalties, a couple of huge plays where you're like, same old Jets, this game's over, we're keeping more receipts, and the tide just turned. It was just weird how this it, – it's it's going to be on, you know, ESPN Classics or SNY Jets Classics in 2027. Is there such a thing? I don't know. ESPN Jets, Jets show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to start making it. It's going to, this is going to be the lead. I, mean, highlight look, I just thought of it, Jake, the game, you know, you asked me about my time covering the jets, the game that I can think of before my time covering the jets, that was more improbable than this or as improbable is the Monday night miracle. That's a game you kind of see every once in a while as a jets classic, uh, but there aren't many. 
That's <laughs> once every 20 years. What year was the Monday Night Miracle? Was that 2000 or 2001? 2000, yeah. I don't remember. 20 yeah. plus years ago. So we get yeah. one a decade, one every two decades. Is that it? <laughs> Man, the, yeah, there was just so many weird plays in this game. And, you know, we got to give credit to Corey Davis too, Kaz, because, you know, his first year with the Jets, it was injuries. It was disappointment. Got that big contract. He's not lighting up the stat sheet, but he's making a couple of big plays. And that play that set it up 30 to 24 to lead to the onside kick was big because you don't expect Joe Flacco to throw the ball deep. You don't expect someone to get that wide open. And that 66 yard grab, Corey Davis, you know, kind of a leader, a veteran receiver, mentoring guys like Garrett Wilson. And he spoke highly about Garrett Wilson, how happy he is for him and how hard he works after the game. Corey Davis is an important piece of this offense. And while he's not going to have eight catches, He'll have a couple of big ones, and that one leading the onside kick was a big one. Yeah, I that that catch, Jay. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip the Browns more than than praise Corey Davis. Like I don't know what they were doing in coverage; they seemed to just totally screw up there. But he had some other catches, Jake, in this game that I thought were big. You know, there was there were times when he was getting open and and making key receptions. And I think Corey Davis, he's a guy who will benefit from Garrett Wilson emerging because. To me, he reminds me of Eric Decker. When Eric Decker first got to the Jets, he struggled. He had an injury that first year. You know, he didn't have a lot of big games. He had a huge game at the end of the year with Geno, but there wasn't a lot of them. Then the next year, Brandon Marshall comes, and all of a sudden, Eric Decker just blossomed, right? Because all the attention wasn't on him. And to me, Corey Davis is a guy, if they're double teaming him and he's the guy, if he's him, Jake, if you will, or I'm probably not using that properly, he uh, (laughs) – It's it's not going to go well. But if he's the number two, if he's the number two option or one and one a, and Garrett Wilson is drawing some coverage away from him, he'll get open and he'll make some plays. So I, I think he he could benefit from Garrett Wilson kind of emerging here as a, as one as a top target for the Jets. Garrett Wilson is him. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm still fascinated over this him thing, Josh. If you could look up what the hell this this all means, I don't. If you already know, do you know already? Because I, do you know what's the reference, Josh? I mean, it's just like a common term. Like it's usually you'll see it like capitalized if you see it somebody typed it out. But like, you no know, him, him Jones Jr. Like the the common pronoun for men. So like when a man does something you know spectacular, you know you'll say I'm him. So it's just, just so it's like the man. It's like he's the man. Is it essentially the 2022 version? Jake, this is a sad moment for you, man. Like this is you're you sound like the freaking old guy, right? Like that's usually my my job on this show. What do you mean I sound like the old? Oh no, no what's this him? him? What's this him thing? <laughs> well, I know he him third is a pronoun thing. I did I thought it like came from like a TV show or or something. Oh, <laughs> Damn, you sound kind of old. You know, Josh is the, you gotta you got bring your, bring me younger because now you I'm the one getting old. You got your Dustin Keller jersey back there, and you're like, you know, you're not you're not understanding references. It's, yeah, it's and I got my tough. throat coat tee and my Ba Humbug New York Post mug. All right, so now we know him. It's he's him. So it's not from like a TV show. It's not a pop culture reference. It's just a a life thing. All right, well, Gary Wilson is him. 
It's the first time since 2009 that the Mets, Jets, Giants, and Yankees have won in the same day. It hasn't happened since the Obama presidency. 13 years. How about that? That's the ineptitude of New York sports is that all four teams haven't won on the same day in 13 years. So tonight is a reason to celebrate. And Kaz, I want you to say my four favorite words because listeners of the show love it. Uh, and it starts with happy and ends with Jake. Do you know the middle two words? VM are the initials. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Those are the those are the, their favorite words. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. I'll say this, Jake. You asked about the receipts thing, which I, I don't think inspired the Jets. But the one thing I'll say is they backed up the this isn't the same old Jets thing. Now, after week one, you know, I ranted, go prove it. Right. Stop talking about how you're a good team. Stop talking about how you're not the same old Jets. Go prove it. They did it. This was evidence. Now it's one game. So they could be, <laughs> they could relapse, but it's been a long time, you know, long, long time since the Jets won a game like this. So that's pretty good evidence. They backed up their talk that, you know, they're not the same old Jets because this was clearly not the same old Jets win. I'm looking for my receipt. Let's see if I found it. I'm not throw it out. I think I found it. I said win some games on it. They want a game. Well, this I, I'm hoping um, for Salah's sake, this will prevent the people from bringing the receipts to the Cincinnati game. But I, I, I was positive that was going to happen if they lost today. That there was going to be receipts in the stands and throw it on the field and all that stuff. I, that's probably going to die, right, Jake? That there won't be a lot of receipts in the stands. Well, every food you got from the vendor, you would add a receipt. Whether you got the the overpriced chicken fingers, the fries, the soda. I'm pretty sure MetLife Stadium would be receiptless next week. There. Yeah. No. Re- <laughs> no cash. No receipts. Yeah. Uh, no free medium sodas like the Giants did last year. Yeah. We don't need anything free yet. You know, the Jets are one and one. They're in the race. They're playing <laughs> the Bengals. Nick Mangold getting his number retire next week. It is a big Sunday next week uh, for the Jets. I'm going to be doing a post game podcast at some bar in Hoboken. That's still not known. Oh. Uh, I don't know who with I don't know who, but Does that mean I get the week off. Yeah, well, the post game. Yeah, so wow. uh, big. So we'll get to those big plans. Yeah, that, that 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 that's big, Jake. That's big, big news. You just you just threw me off. I don't even remember what I was going to say because that's <laughs> I'm 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 thrown off completely now. Now your wife can make you week. a nice dinner on a on a Sunday <laughs> night when you get home. <laughs> oh boy, luckily she doesn't listen to this for you. Dude, were you at the Mets game on Saturday night, Jake? I was there. I had you go early. Seats, are you an early arriver for the games or do you get right there for right at first? Are you pitch? asking? So I have my Gary Cohen bobblehead. I'm not asking, but how early were you there? I got there around uh, 546 o'clock. Maybe okay. 545. Did you see the cheerleaders on the field before the game? The young cheerleaders. The youth I know there was some dancing thing. Was was your daughter? One My of them? daughter was on the field there. Wow. Jake. Yes. On the field doing cheerleading. Yeah. So were you there? Good. No, I was not there because I was flying uh, to Cleveland. Oh, right. My wife was there. Uh, but yes, and they, they got some Gary Cohen bobblehead dolls, too. So uh, yes. apparently there was a lot left in the section where they were sitting, Jake. If, they're, if you were Clearly smart, you, I have two. You got two. <laughs> wow. But uh, wow. Cool. What is your daughter's name? Alexa. Alexa. Well, shout out to Alexa. And I was very proud that my nine-year-old daughter knows who Francisco Lindor is because she said not knowing the other cheerleaders didn't know who he was, but she knew right away. So I it's a parenting win. Is she a Mets fan? She is a Mets fan. Yes. Let's go. Raising yes. them right. Kyle. Are you like, I know you don't, you're a writer, but are you rooting for the Mets to do well? I grew up as a Mets fan. Yeah. I was, uh, 
I was at Game Seven in 1986, Jake. Oh wow! Where were you I'd sitting? Actually, I was sitting in the last row at Chase Stadium. Really? Yeah. I sat I was, there once. I thought I was going to fall over. It's scary up there. Yeah, the, the nets with that catch the birds behind you. Wow, we might have to have you as our guest on Amazing But True on Monday, <laughs> our, our special beat writer guest. But now you're one and one. You have a chance to go two and one. You get Mangold, and then you get Zach Wilson in Week Four. Oh, this here we changes go. everything for the. I'm not saying to make the playoffs. Oh, your roll, Jake. but there's a reason to be pumped for Sunday's game. Course, and if they yeah. were to be zero and two, it would be like, here we go. We're going into October winless again. So this is a statement victory for the fans for Sala. For the players, for the franchise, all across the board, statement win, guys. Statement win might be strong, but I feel like this, Jake, like what you're saying, the, the pressure's off for a few days, right? This was going to be a pressure cooker if they were 0 2. The receipts thing was going to get blown up. You know, that would have been a big deal. So I do think Jets coaches, Jets players, they can exhale a little bit tonight and just worry about the Bengals this week and not worry about any outside noise anything like that so uh, i do think it takes a little pressure off of everyone this week you know i think for it to be a statement win they got to follow it up michael carter has like a pretty good perspective on things jake like he he knows the history of stuff like he he and i were talking about doc gooden you know uh, like last week like he know yeah he's he's pretty good with like sports history and stuff so he knows what the jets have been Got to take one loss way too serious. So, um, but you know, I can't blame y'all because I wasn't here before years ago. And it probably was a lot of losing, but that's not my fault. You know, that's not our fault. So we're here to you know, we're here to change that. And um, you know, salute to all the guys that came before us. But you know, and, and we respect them a lot. But we try to we're trying to win. He said, yeah, "I appreciate it." He said, "But it wasn't the Super Bowl." You know, so he's like, we can't get carried away. And he said, maybe in six weeks we do look back and we go, oh, we're six for six after that. Yeah. I mean, we, we got to see now we'll, we'll know the meaning of this game more in a few weeks because we've seen wins, Jake, through the years where they went like, you know, last year they beat the Titans. Right. That felt like a big win in overtime. But then they proceeded to lose the next few games. And, you know, one of those was 54 to 13. In 2019, they beat the Cowboys at MetLife. That felt like, okay, maybe they're turning things around. And the week later was the ghost game. We've kind of seen this stuff before. It's so they, they've got to, they got to follow this up or, or it won't have, it won't be a statement game. All right. Victor, happy victory Monday, Jake. I, I just want to reiterate that because I, I don't get to hear it often. Happy victory Monday, Jake. Who knows? Maybe we get eight more and the Jets go nine and eight and get the final playoff spot. Keep going. Let's go. Why, start to, why stop there? Screw it. 10 and 7. Let's 16, go. 16 and 1. All right. Well, 16 and 1. If they go 16 and 1, I will run naked through the streets of Times Square with the naked cowboy. You're I, acting you like somebody wants that, Jake. Uh, no one wants it, but I'm going to do it. If they go 16, <laughs> if they go 13 or 4 or better, I'm running the streets naked and you could cut this day. Jets win 31 30 over the Browns. Next up, the Cincinnati Bengals come to MetLife Stadium and we'll preview that game on Thursday. We'll close out this edition of Gangs All Here next. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Alrighty, that'll say goodnight to an eventful victory podcast. That's episode 107 of Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hart and the new guy, the intern from Syracuse, Josh Crawford, for helping me produce the show. 
Josh, your first day on the job, and uh, the Jets have one of the greatest wins of all time. Either your good luck, or this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Pretty fun game, huh, to watch. No, I am a Jets fan. It's like a very foundational piece of my football identity. Revis, Mo Wilkerson, Bar Scott, you know, those guys are how I learned how to play football. So, now I've been indebted for a long time, so I, I, uh, I guess I twirl in stupidity, loving this this horrible team so long, but, you know, it paid off today, like you said, so. Yeah, well, it's good to have another Jets fan on board, because I'll get a lot of crap from Kaz for this team being so bad, so we could enjoy this Victory Monday together. You can catch up on all episodes you may have missed at Gangzell here by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, where you give us a five-star rating, writing a nice review, Spotify, five-star rating, Stitcher, if you're an Android user, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. We appreciate your support. Follow me on Twitter, at Jake Brown Radio. Follow Brian Costello, at Brian Cos. Read his stories in the post, and at nypost.com. We will return. Hopefully this time I should be at the SNY Studios for Thursday's podcast. They will drop 5 a.m. Mondays, 5 5 a.m. Thursdays. You wake up with us on Mondays. You wake up with us on Thursdays. Now, in audio form, you don't wake up in our bed, although I have a nice Tempur-Pedic queen bed. It is nice, but you will not be waking up there. Uh, only the lucky ones do. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, I sleep alone there most nights. That's too much information. I've been rambling for too long. So for Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back Thursday to preview the Jets and the Bengals. We'll have a special guest. Get you ready for Nick Mangold Day at MetLife Stadium, and I'll let you know the details. Stay tuned for the post-game live podcast. It'll be me and a guest co-host likely to bar in Hoboken, so stay tuned social media. We'll give the official announcement on Thursday's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The gang's all here, and it's a Jets victory, so we'll close it out with J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Happy Victory Monday, Jake.